today on The Open Word with Pastor David Landry. Open our hearts, change us from within by the open word. Give us ears to hear your truth and eyes to see the needs around us as we draw. How about you? Really and truly, in your life, in your own personal life, or in your life as a family, are you more easily led by the things of the flesh and the reasoning of man, or do you really and truly continually seek the Lord's direction and leading in your life, even even if that means a physical, material, or financial loss in your life? Joshua is a book of faithfulness and disobedience. People were strong, but also fearful. Doesn't that also describe us? Today, Pastor David will be teaching about the choices we have to make between the flesh and the spirit as we study the Israelites' journey into the promised land. Moses said to the Lord, If your presence is not coming with us, we are not going. Do we pray that kind of prayer? Are we willing to give up our own desires in order to assure that we are fully within the perfect will of God for our lives? Now here's Pastor David with today's message entitled, Preparing for Victory. last couple of weeks we've done kind of a background introduction to the book of Joshua. And one of the things, uh, well a couple of the things that we know about the book of Joshua. Number one, it is a book of conflict as well as conquest. It's a book of faithfulness uh, mixed with disobedience. Uh, God's people weren't always you know, doing the right thing at the right time. Sometimes they were, sometimes they weren't. We see this in the book of Joshua. We find the people that were at this very same time being strong and powerful, they were also at times confused and fearful. And I really believe that as we look at that and we look at the people of Israel in the book of Joshua, and then we look at ourselves in a mirror, we can see the very same things going on. Powerful at one moment, fearful at another. Absolutely obedient and faithful at one moment, and then disobedient and trying to run or hide at at another moment. We see these things. I see so much of us as a people within the book of Joshua. And wherever you are today, tonight here in this place, wherever you are in your own spiritual journey, you've probably gone through each and every one of these same kind of issues in your own life. Conflict as well as conquest, faithfulness mixed with disobedience, a strong and powerful belief in Jesus Christ and the power of God and all that he can do in your life. And then at the very same time, those days where you're confused and you're fearful and you wonder where in the world God is. 
Or am I the only one in this boat? Okay. I think every one of us, it's, it's part of the, the nature of humanity that continually battles with us. At the same time, we're walking, we're desiring to walk in the Spirit, and yet that flesh keeps coming back and you know, making itself well-known uh, before us. My hope, my prayer is for us as we go through the book of Joshua, that we could learn from the examples that we're going to see from the children of Israel, as well as the leadership of Joshua within this book, that again, that we might be able to learn to be able to live our lives filled with faithfulness, walking by faith rather than by sight. And that we might be able to learn to see the supernatural when we're surrounded by the natural. You know, all around us we see examples of natural power, natural events, natural problems, and natural conflicts. One of the things that too many times we as believers don't see because we're not looking for them is the supernatural. How God is working and moving even in the midst of these things. How God can take situations like these terrorists and right in the middle of these things still make himself so powerful and so well known within that. My hope and prayer is that we as a people, we as individuals, might be able to learn to avoid those times of depending upon flesh and trusting in the works of flesh rather than depending and trusting on God's richness, on God's limitless power, and on the work and the move of the Spirit of God within our lives. God now, at this point in time, he commands Joshua to take the people into that promised land, that promised land that they'd been looking forward to for 40 years since they left Egypt. And now comes that time. Joshua is going to be a difficult job at best. As a matter of fact, it's probably an impossible job if it were left simply to the ability of Joshua. No matter how good of a leader he was, it was going to be an impossible task because he was leading a stiff-necked, disobedient people that we see over and over again. And yet it was a possible task because it's a supernatural work of God's Spirit working not only through Joshua but working in God's people. as he brings them into that promised land. Joshua chapter 1, if you've got it there, look with me as we begin reading this evening. Joshua chapter 1, beginning in verse 1. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise and go over this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I am giving to them, the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you, as I said to Moses, from the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river and the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites and to the great sea beyond the going down of the sun shall be your territory. And no man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Now that's the great promise that we left off with last week in one of the introductions of this. Now God promised Joshua, I will not leave you. I will not forsake you. As I was with Moses, I will be with you. Do you realize again that years prior to that, God made the same kind of a promise to Moses. Actually, Moses spoke to God. God had told Moses, says, you know, Moses, why don't you take the people on? 
I'm going to send one of my angels before you. That angel will fight the battles. That angel will stand around you. That angel will guard you. That angel will direct you. But I'm not going with you, Moses. I'm not going with the children of Israel. You go with that angel. Because if I go with you, I'm probably going to wipe you guys out. And what was Moses' declaration to that? Hey, thank you, Lord. Wow, we get to go now. No. Moses was wise, and he told God, God, if you don't go with us, I don't want to go. We don't want to go, Lord, unless you are the one that's there, right there with us, leading us and directing us. Thanks for the angel, but we want your presence. And if your presence does not go with us, do not bring us up from here. Do you realize the power of that statement? The power of that statement, not only for Moses and the children of Israel, but the power of that statement for you and I in our own personal lives. If we really had that kind of a concept, that kind of an understanding, not only as individuals, but as a family, as a church ministry, that again, Lord, unless you go, I don't care how good it looks, I don't care if we're able to do this or not, if you're not in this, I don't want to do it. Lord, if you're not in this thing, we don't want to step that direction. Lord, if you're not leading in this venture, Lord, we don't want to go from here. Father, if it isn't your perfect will for my life, I don't want to do this. You know, we talk a lot about the permissive will of God and the perfect will of God, and then a lot of times God might allow us to do some things. I don't know about you, but I am so tired of walking in what may be described as a permissive will of God rather than that perfect will of God. What is the permissive will of God? I guess, I don't know how well biblically I could really stand on even that statement, but it's the thing that allows us to go and do stuff and God doesn't take us out, okay? We're not necessarily walking in in absolute disobedience, but we're definitely not walking in what is his perfect will and plan in our life. It would be like you and I really in our own lives saying, Father, I don't want that promotion at work unless it's your perfect will. I know that it might give me a better situation at the job. It might give me better hours. It might be better income. But Father, that might not be the best in my life according to what your plan and purpose is in my life. Are we willing to pray those kinds of prayers and have those kinds of attitudes in our lives? Lord, I don't want to go forward in this engagement unless this is the exact man or unless this is the exact woman that you have picked for me. Lord, I love him. I love her. And we've spent time already together and we're growing in our relationship. But Lord, if this isn't of you, stop it right now. Those are dangerous prayers. But you know what? We as believers need to be making those kinds of things. Jesus, I'm not moving from this place unless I know for certain that it's you that's leading me. I don't want to be led by the flesh. I don't want to be led by circumstances. I don't want to be led by the appeals of what seems logical. Lord, I want to be led by your spirit. And I really believe that that's what Moses' heart was there. And now the Lord comes to Joshua and he says, Joshua, I'm going to be with you just like I was with Moses. I will be there with you. I will not leave you. How about you? Really and truly, in your life, in your own personal life or in your life as a family, 
Are you more easily led by the things of the flesh and the reasoning of man? Or do you really and truly continually seek the Lord's direction and leading in your life? Even, even if that means a physical, material, or financial loss in your life. You see, those are hard decisions. Those are hard things. It, well, it doesn't make sense to me. God doesn't want me to lose my job. Well, maybe he does, because maybe he's got something else in store. You know, the Spirit of God doesn't always go by our logic, does he? And a lot of times, we put all of our logic together. We stack all of our things together, and it makes absolutely no sense. Are we willing, are we willing to lose out in order to know that God is in this thing that we're doing? And on the other end of the spectrum, are you made bold when you know that God is in it? In other words, when God said, no, this is what I want you to do, this is where I want you to go, does that embolden you to say, you know what? Yeah, there's giants in that land. I know there's giants. I know there's walled cities in that land. I'm not ignorant of those things. But God said, let's move forward in this thing. And you see, when God says, I'm with you, I'll be with you, I'll scan with you, I'll fight the battles for you, because where he guides us, where he directs us, he will fight those battles. Where God guides, God provides. We spoke about that last week. It's the reality and the truth of it. Doesn't mean that it's going to be easy. Please, understand me there. When God guides us, it doesn't mean that it's going to be easy. As a matter of fact, it may be some of the toughest things you've ever done in your life. Because for the most part, we work really easy like dead fish just kind of floating down with the flow. It's the live fish that flows against the flow. And what's going to happen when you're swimming against the flow? You're going to be hit in the face by all those dead things that are just floating downstream. It's a more difficult thing to do, to do the right thing, to do the thing that God wants, than just many times what would be considered the natural thing. God goes on to speak to Joshua here in verse 6. He says, Be strong and of good courage. For to this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give to them. Only be strong and very courageous, that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded you. Don't turn from it to the right hand or to the left, in order that you might prosper wherever you go. Verse 8, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you, be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid, do not be or nor dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Now, we talked about this being strong and being courageous uh, a couple of weeks ago, how all through Joshua's back over in uh, Deuteronomy, Moses told him, hey, be strong and be courageous. And then God comes and says, hey, be strong and be courageous. Then the people are going to come. They're going to say, hey, be strong and be courageous. And now God again is saying to Joshua, hey, be strong and be courageous. Why do you think that that needs to be said so much? It's going to be tough. (laughs) Because Joshua isn't a whole lot different than any of us. And when the attacks come and the battles come, the press comes, many times we want to back down. Many times we want to just stop because it's so hard. 
and what God is saying to Joshua, be strong, be of good courage. Be strong, be of good courage. Be strong and be of good courage. Why? Because I am with you. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. How is the Lord your God with you wherever you will go? Because as he said here, man, observe what I've told you to do. Do the right thing. Walk in my will. Walk in my directions. Walk in my precepts. And I'm going to be there. Doesn't mean that there won't be battles. Doesn't mean that there won't be struggles sometimes. But I'm going to be there for you. Joshua could now be a man of great strength and great courage because the Lord God Jehovah, the great I am, El Shaddai, God Almighty, Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah will provide, is going to be the one that's going before him and taking care of these things. Truly, I believe that knowing that, And fully understanding that, Joshua then was willing then and able to take this stiff-necked group of disobedient people and go into a land that they're really not too familiar with. Yeah, they had sent spies out 40 years ago, and in a little while he's going to send a couple of more spies out to check things out. But he's going into some unknown territory. In your spiritual life, my spiritual life, there's always going to be times when we're stepping out in faith. Areas that, man, (laughs) are... I don't know how this is going to work. I don't know how this is going to work between me and my wife, me and my husband, me and my children. I don't know how this is going to work with my job, with my church, however it is, but I believe that God is calling me to step out in this area in my life. How am I going to fit this thing in with my time right now? Because I'm really busy right now. Well, maybe the Lord is saying, you know, there's some things in life that you need to lay down. Maybe the Lord is saying you need to refocus and redirect in order that you might walk in my precepts and walk according to my will in your life. Therefore, I will be with you in the midst of this. This was a land that they were going to where the giants were real. I mean, it wasn't just a mind thing. Well, I think that's a really bad deal. No, there were real giants. And you know what? After 40 years, the giants were still living in the land. That hadn't changed. After 40 years, those walls of those cities were still there. They hadn't changed. And yet now Joshua was going to take this people into that land. Over 40 years, all of these things really probably had not changed. They might have gotten even worse. But the fact is, as God told him, be strong, be of courage, don't be afraid, don't be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And that, that is what changed the outcome of going against these forces. You see, when you know that God is directing, that God is leading, and God is calling, then you can go among giants. And you can have victory. You can go against wall cities. And you can see God bring those walls down, breaking down strongholds, breaking down barriers, and touching hearts and lives. That's what God does. That's what God desires to do in you and through you. You say, what do you mean through me? Yeah, through you. Because your experience in Christ, your walk in Christ, can should and will impact other people. We talked about that this last week, about living our lives intentionally and allowing our lives impact the world around us. But the only time that we're going to really and truly impact the world around us is when we're walking in obedience, and then we start seeing the victory, and then we start seeing a boldness within us to live and to speak 
the very things of Christ and to be able to share then the truth of Christ living us. You know the reason that most believers don't share their faith with other people? Let me back this up. Let me bring it real personal. You know the reason why most of you don't share your faith with other people? It's because you're not walking in the fullness of the victory that God has for you. Because you're afraid that in the battles that you've had, the strength and the power of what God says he'll do, he may not do in your life. But you know what? When you start seeing that might and you start seeing that power, you start seeing the truth, then that becomes almost a natural outflow of the reality of God in you. And as I shared Sunday, people start realizing that God is truly real when he sees it lived out in his people. This changed the outcome of the battles. They were going to have battles, but it changes the outcome. What then shall we say of these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? There's no weapon that's formed against us that's going to be able to stand. That's the word, that's the promise, that's the hope of the truth of God's word. Verse 10 here will continue on. Then Joshua commanded the officers of the people saying, pass through the camp and command the people saying, prepare provisions for yourselves for within three days, we're going to cross over this Jordan to go in to possess the land which the Lord your God is giving you to possess. Can you imagine this? Really, stop and think about this for a moment. Can you imagine that a whole generation has passed away You, you're a youngster, you're under 20, unless you were Joshua and Caleb. You were under 20 or 21 when they came out of Egypt. You've been wandering around the desert for 40 years with the anticipation and the hope that you're going to get into that promised land. You've heard the stories. You've heard the promises. You've heard the anticipation. But for 40 years, for 40 years, 40 years, you've been wandering in the desert. And now he comes up and says, in three days, we're going to go across. In three days. Now, there's got to be an excitement, but there's also got to be some anxiety happening there, too. Because, again, the stories of the giants, the story of the walled cities, the stories of the fierce warriors that are over. That's gone on for 40 years as they've talked, you know, and as they've, they've shared with one another. But now in three days, they're going to come. <laughs> years later, years later, in the book of Nehemiah, Nehemiah writes about this. He says, because of the manifold mercies of God, even in the midst of their rebellion, even in the midst of the rebellion of the children of Israel, for 40 years, God did not forsake them in the wilderness. He gave them the pillar of cloud by day to lead them on the road, and the pillar of fire by night to show them light, the way they should go. He also gave a spirit to instruct them and did not withhold his manna from their mouth. He gave them water for their thirst. 40 years, he sustained them in the wilderness. They lacked nothing. Their clothes did not wear out and their feet did not swell. Amazing. 40 years of wandering and now three days you're going to move in to possess the land of promise. Exciting? Absolutely. Anxious? Positively. Ready and able? (laughs) Only if you go with us, God. Only if you go with us. 
As we continue on in Joshua 1, we're also going to read about particular instructions that he gives to the tribes of Reuben, Gad, and Manasseh. that today's edition of The Open Word has been a blessing to you. If you live in the Casa Grande, Arizona area, we want to invite you to join us for worship. The messages that you hear on The Open Word are produced from worship services at Calvary Chapel, Casa Grande. Maybe the teaching you heard is exactly what you were looking for in a church. Then please join us. We have services on Saturday evenings and two Sunday morning worship services, as well as other services throughout the week. For more information about service times, including driving directions, log on to theopenword.com and then follow the link to the church website. Now here's Tracy with some more important information about how you can help support The Open Word. Radio programs like The Open Word are wonderful tools that God uses to advance His kingdom here on earth. And as with any ministry, there are expenses involved. Today's broadcast was professionally produced, and God has given us a vision to see The Open Word expand into other parts of the world. Would you prayerfully consider financially supporting The Open Word? Log on to TheOpenWord.com and simply click on the support option to help us continue to grow. Thanks, Tracy. From all of us here with the production team, we want to say thank you for tuning in, and may God richly bless you.